Hallelujah to the Lamb this morning. Amen. Amen. Never go wrong, praising the Lord Jesus. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And uh, we're going to begin there. Then we are going to go over to the book of Acts chapter number 12. So we'll go to Acts 12, hold your finger there, and come with us to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And give you a voice on our heart this morning. Bless the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And then we're going to look at verse number 17 this morning. And uh, last week we looked at verse 16. And uh, where it says rejoice evermore. And if you're looking for a verse to be able to learn in this new year, you can start with rejoice evermore. Or you can go to John 11.35 where Jesus wept. But verse number 17, it's a, it's a rather small verse, easy verse to learn. Pray without... Amen. And that's what I want to look at this morning um, is this one verse. And uh, though it is small in quantity, it is not small in quality. Amen. Right. Though it might be small uh, in its size, it's not small in its stature. For in these three verses, these three words, just like the verse we looked at last week, we can probably, in verse number 17 alone, Spend the rest of this month and even into the next month, and so on and so on, and wouldn't even touch the surface Bless of expounding just God. what this one verse with three words in it actually means. Right. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer this morning. Our Heavenly Father, the precious name of the Lord Jesus, dear God, we do thank you for allowing us. To be in your house this morning. Thank you, Father, for what our ears have heard and our hearts have felt this place. Father, thank you this morning for the songs of Zion. Lord, thank you, Father God, for, uh, Lord, the joy to be able to open up the Word of God. Lord, in the wicked, perverted generation, when there's so many things, uh, Lord, that try to allure our uh, teaching away from you. I'm glad we've got a Bible that when heaven and earth shall pass away, your Word will not return void. I'm glad it's forever settled. In heaven, we thank you for that. Now, Father, it's come my uh, time to preach one more time. I pray, Heavenly Father, uh, that you'd empty me of myself, fill me full of the Holy Ghost. Use me as your mouthpiece this morning. I ask you to touch each listener. Open up their ears, open up their hearts to receive, uh, Lord, the spoken and preached word of your of God, I pray. And I ask you, Lord, to help us. Give us that which we stand in need of. We love you. We'll thank you. We'll pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen and amen. Pray. Without ceasing. When we look at that word pray by way of introduction, we understand, uh, we see the word pray, we understand uh, that it's speaking of a communion with the Lord. That's simply what prayer is. It's communing one-on-one uh, with the Lord. We can see here, uh, talk about the communion this morning, how uh, that we ought to be in a fellowship with the Lord. We ought to spend time talking with the Lord. Amen. Can I say to you about prayer this morning uh, that I believe sometimes we fail to realize it's prayer is just not a one way conversation. It's just not us talking to God. But I have found there's been times in prayer uh, that the Lord would speak to my heart. Amen. Amen. There's been times and yes I talked with the Lord but then there's been times that still a small voice would speak peace right. unto my heart. I'm glad that we can have communion uh, with the Lord this morning. But I thought about this verse, just like verse number 16. 16, it is not only talks about a communion, but uh, Brother Barry, it is a command. Amen. Uh, Pray without ceasing is not up for uh, if you want to, if you feel like it, uh, if it's a good day or if it's a bad day. But rather, pray without ceasing is something that God Almighty has commanded us to do. Pray without ceasing. Say to you this morning, we also see these two next two words where it says, without ceasing. We can see there the continuation of this praying. Now, I want to tell you what this verse does not mean, and then I want to tell you what this verse does mean. Many times, someone interpret this verse as saying that we ought to Listen now, we ought to always be at a verbal state of prayer. We ought to always be on our bended knees. Well, there's a problem with that is there's times that I can't be on my knees. There's times that when I'm working a job, somebody helped me this morning, I can't be verbally 
Talking to the Lord, right? Yes, Lord. Uh, when we find, you know, when we look at this verse, we understand that it's not meaning uh, to be in the altar 24 7. It's not meaning to be on your knees 24 7, speaking unto the Lord. But what it means to pray without ceasing, listen now, is that your heart is always at a place that is in communion with God. Say it one more time. Praying without ceasing, without ceasing, is when your heart, listen, is in complete fellowship and communion with God at anywhere and any time of the day. That's right. Meaning that regardless of what your day holds in, there ought not be any time within that day that you have unceasing fellowship with the Lord. That's right. There ought not be any time of the day that you can't pray. And I have found this. Praying is not so much what comes out of the mouth, no. but rather what's coming from the heart. Amen. And there has been times that though I couldn't slip away, I couldn't go to a place of privacy, I would be within my heart, within my mind, I'd say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you to control my anger. I need you to control my tongue. Yes. I need you to help me in this situation. There's been times in meetings where I couldn't, I was talking to someone, and I would be praying in my mind, Lord, give me the words yes. to be able to help. I may not be able to get away in prayer. I may not be able to come to the altar in Mount Perry Baptist Church 24-7. If that was the case, then people in the hospitals couldn't pray. People at the funeral home couldn't pray. But I'm glad, thank God, whether if you're on a hospital bed, whether if you're at the bed home sick, whether if you're locked up in prison, whatever the case may be, you can still pray without ceasing. Amen. We look at this now. I want you to go with me to Acts chapter number 12. I want to see here this morning how I believe this truth is illustrated like we did last week. We rejoiced evermore. We went to Acts 16 and saw about Paul and Silas. How they rejoiced evermore. But now this morning I want to look at Acts chapter number 12 and I want to look at a different uh, story within the Word of God. Where I believe we find this also, this is illustrated praying without ceasing. And it's interesting that the last two times that we've looked at this, we've been in a prison. Now, I hope the Lord ain't trying to tell us something. Amen. But either way, we find rejoice evermore they were in prison. And what we find in Acts chapter number 12, we're going to go back to a prison scene one more time. Now we're going to begin looking at verse number 1. We're going to read down several verses. Look at verse number 1 says of Acts chapter number 12. And you see, you see, in reading this, you do the investigating. See if you can see if there was any praying without ceasing in this text. Verse number 1, the Bible says, Now, about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hands to make certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded, he proceeded, I don't say I lost my place. Amen. I've turned on my timer. Y'all pray for me. Amen. All right, let's go back verse 3. And because it's all pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And then were the days of unleavened bread. Verse 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four quaternions of soldiers to keep him and intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Here it is now. Bless the Lord. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for Him. Amen. I don't know if y'all seen that. We're going to go back and read verse 5 again. See if y'all might see it. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church, of the church, I don't know if y'all seen that, of the church for him. Listen. Verse 6, and when Herod had brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison, and smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals, so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Verse 10, when they were past the first and second war, 
They came into the, under the iron gate that leaded under the city, which opened to them of his own accord, and they went out and passed on through one street. And for when the angel departed from him, verse 11, and when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel. He hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose name was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Amen. As Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came, a damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad, but she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is an angel. But Peter continued knocking. When they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with a hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to his brethren. He departed, went to another place. Verse number 5, we see what the Bible says. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church. I want to show you some things this morning from this text where I see benefits, the ingredients, however you want to look at it, of a church that prayed without ceasing. A church that prayed without ceasing. Let me show you this. I want you to see this. I want you to notice with me this morning. This is not really where I want to stay at, but I want you to see this. I want you to notice the importance of this prayer. The importance of this prayer. Listen to what was going on at the time in which this church had a prayer meeting. Listen to the time in which this church saw it needful to come together in prayer. First of all, I noticed they came together at a time of satanic attack. Right. Verse number one, the Bible tells us. Now about that time, Herod stretched forth his hands to make certain of the of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Verse one tells us now about that time. What time was it in Acts chapter number twelve? Well, we see that it was a time where Satan was moving. Satan was vexing. I know it says Herod, but Herod was a tool in the hands of the devil. And listen, you know what was going on at the time of prayer? It was going where the church was being vexed by the devil. Listen, boy. You go back in Acts chapter number 10, the church is experiencing a time of revival. Acts chapter number 9, Paul, or Saul, on the road to Damascus, he got gloriously saved. And who all agree with me? That was a big event in the life of the church. Amen. But the apostle Paul had come into the family of God. Listen, boy. Acts 10, there's a great revival. Cornelius is saved. Yeah. Then we come into Acts chapter number 11, we see there's a great revival. In Acts chapter number 12, we see that just like it is in our day, it was back then. Anytime God begins to move, anytime souls are being saved, anytime people are being added to the church, anytime when the church is on fire for God, anytime when the church has got their eyes on the Lord Jesus, on the Great Commission, anytime that the church has got a desire to do something for God, you always mark it down. Satan will be somewhere in the shadows ready to work as well. We see that James had died. We see it was a satanic attack. I want you to notice there was social acceptance. Listen to what verse 3 said. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. When James died, when Herod began to vex the church, when Herod began to trouble the church, when Herod began to torment the church, you know what everybody in that community did? They liked it. They like to see the church be in trouble. They like to see that they enjoyed seeing Herod persecute the church. It pleased them to see James die. And it was going to please them to see Peter die. Can I say to you this morning, we're seeing in our land, there is a social acceptance. You would be surprised, I reckon you would be, of who in America alone would love to shut the mouth of this church right Go here. ahead, brother. You would listen. It may blow your mind if we even realize 
just how many people really would like to shut this church down and keep people from being able to come and worship, but hinder me from being able to preach the Word of God. We'd be surprised how bad they want to take your Bible away, how bad they want to take prayer away, but all who all agree with me this morning, they may have some power, but God's got all power. And listen, they may lock us up in jail, they may shut them doors, but hear me and hear me well, the church will still march on because the church is not a building, Church is a body. Church is going to march on. But it, it, it pleased them and it pleased the Jews to see what was going on. And so it promoted Herod to do even more. But then I see there was the saints' apprehension. James had been arrested. James had been put to death. And now Peter had been apprehended and put to death. Or was going to desire to be put to death. You can't read the first part of the book of Acts. The first part of it is about the ministry of Simon Peter. You go look at Acts, the day of Pentecost, how that God used Simon Peter. How you go read where he wrote the prayer in Acts chapter 3. But when you get to this part right here, this is the last time really that you really notice Simon Peter in the book of Acts. From here on out, the ministry is going to seemingly shift to the Apostle Paul. But at this particular point right here, we see Peter's locked up in prison. At this point right here, Simon Peter is locked up and from where everybody else is thinking, it ain't going to be too long, he's going to be put to death. And the Bible even says he would have done it had it not been for the Passover, had it not been for Easter. We see the satanic attack, the social acceptance, the saints apprehension. What are you saying? I'm talking about the time in which they prayed. Listen, this was not, yes, it was a time where there was revival going on in the church. But the devil was still fighting in the midst of the revival. That's right. They had lost church members. Are you hearing me? They had lost church members to death. No. Amen. There was, listen, the political crowd was wanting to shut the doors of the church. Listen, Lord. But you know what I'm glad that we find they didn't do? You know what I'm glad I find what this church didn't do? Well, right. first of all, I find they didn't quit in the midst of it. Amen. Somebody right. ought to say amen, amen. to that. The church didn't quit when the heat got turned up against them. You know what they did? They started praying. Amen. They didn't go try to get a political lawyer. They didn't go try to get themselves out of trouble. But you know what they said? And you know what they did? They knew they had something greater than the political party. They knew they had somebody greater than somebody on this world. They went and did what every person ought to do. They went and prayed. You know what I find? The importance of this praying it gets the sovereign's attention. They needed God to move. Y'all hear me this morning? They needed God to move. I wonder if you're here this morning. Do you need God to move in your life? I wonder this morning, do you need God to move in your family? I wonder how many of you this morning are interested in God moving in this church. I wonder how many of y'all are interested in God moving in this community. I wonder how many of you are interested in God moving in this county. I wonder how many of you are interested in God moving in this state. I wonder how many of you are interested in seeing God move on a bigger spectrum than what we can even think. This church prayed because they needed God's attention. Amen. They needed God to move. I'm talking about the importance of this praying. But then I'm going to do something a little unusual. Normally I'd give you point number two right here. This is the way the Lord told me to do it this morning. I'm going to give you point number three. And then I'm going to go back and show you point number two. I'm pretty sure that ain't how you're supposed to do it, but that's how the Lord told me to do it. Amen. Look with me what I would say number three ain't really going to be number two. I lost y'all, y'all got confused. Amen. Three's going to be two, and two's going to be three. Amen. But listen to this. I want you to notice the impact of this praying. When this church, Brother Donnie, began to pray, look what happened. Look what happened. First, I see there was peace. Verse 6. Go home and read it. Verse 6. You know what the Bible says? Simon Peter's sleeping. And you can't read the life of Simon Peter too long before you find out Simon Peter liked to sleep. I got a lot in common with Simon Peter if I ain't careful. Amen. Simon Peter liked to sleep. Simon Peter liked to do some other stuff. Now I can't really go on my details about it. Amen. Simon Peter was sleeping. Remember when Jesus that night in the garden of Gethsemane, he was he went and he was praying? Remember when he went back and found old Simon doing? He was sleeping. Well, so did you not pray with me one hour? Because I know the place you sleep. He said, pray on me. 
Simon always had a problem sleeping. Bless the Lord. But you know what I find in this text? Simon Peter is sleeping at a time when at any moment he could be taken out of that prison cell, go to the chopping block, and have his head cut off. But is it not amazing that this at this particular point in Simon Peter's life, you know what he's doing? He's sleeping. You would sit and say, well, he must not really care. Oh, no, he cares. But you know what I believe? He's got the peace of God. He has his all understanding. That he knows whether if he goes or whether if he stays, he's the winner either way. That's right. And you know what's amazing? That in the most difficult times of your life, when the world will look at you and say, I don't understand how you're able to have peace. I don't understand how you're able to be able to sleep when the world's going crazy. Listen. You know how we're able to do that? Because we've got the peace which passes all understanding. And when this world is troubled and this world's wringing their hands and the economy's up and the economy's down and everybody's going crazy, ain't it good to know that we can lay our head on our pillow at night and know that if the world crumbles, if the foundations be destroyed, our God is still in control. You know what Simon's doing? He's sleeping. Where'd that sleep come from? Where'd that peace come from? There was a church that was praying for him. That's right. Talking about the impact. How about this? We can talk about the power. Verse number 7. It says, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and light shined in the prison, smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Simon Peter was such in a good sleep that the angel came in and had to kick him in the side to get him to wake up. And when he woke up, you know what he did? He rose, and the chains fell from off his hands. I don't know about y'all, but I'd say that was some mighty power. Chains fell off. Doors opened. Where'd that power come from? It come from the church. Praying for Simon Peter. How about the path? The Bible said the angel begins to lead Simon Peter out of prison. He comes to one door, one gate, and the Bible said it opened on his own accord. You know what that means? That door didn't open just for anybody. You realize if there had been another prisoner, listen to me now, had there been another prisoner going to that gate, that gate would never open. But it's not amazing at the time when the angel leading Simon Peter, Simon Peter comes to this gate, and you know what happened? That gate opened. Simon Peter comes to another door, and you know what happened? That door opened. That door wasn't open before it got there. That door didn't open up for anybody else. But that door opened up for Simon Peter. You say, what's so amazing about that? Ain't it amazing how the prayer can open up doors for you that other people couldn't have open for them? That world couldn't have open for them? Listen, there's doors this world can't open for us. But I got good news. We serve a God that can open up the doors of impossibility. When the world tries to do it, they can't do it. But thank God there's a God that can open up doors that nobody else can have open up for them. Simon Peter had a God do something for him. That he just didn't do for anybody else. I don't know if y'all got that or not. Simon Peter had a God that did something for him that he just didn't do for anybody else. I want to say I'm glad I serve a God that in my lifetime he's opened up doors for me. He's let me go places I never thought I'd go. He's did things for me I never thought he'd do. He just don't do it just for anybody. Amen. But he did it for me and I thank God that he's done it for me. Amen. He opened the doors for him. Yes, he does. Ain't you glad we got a God that can light the path? Amen. Thank you, Lord. He said, man, I've got a door in front of me right now. Listen to me now. And he just hasn't opened. Well, there's two things you need to do. First of all, you need to keep on praying. Yeah, that's right. But then hear me now. This is the word of correction. You may ought to pray and make sure you're on the right path yeah. that you need to be on for those doors to be open. You realize there's been doors that never opened for me because they were not God's will. That lets me know Simon Peter was in the will of God being in that prison. He's walking out and what's happening? The doors are opening up. He came to the window. He went up there and Open session. No. You know, Simon Peter walked up to one gate and I said, Well, I don't know how I'm going to get through this gate. I'll see that gate open up. He walked up to another gate. I don't know how I'm going to get through this gate. Gate open up. He might have probably after about four or five gates. He probably thought to himself, Well, I know I ain't the one doing this. I'll tell you, there's a greater power working behind the scene that's opening up doors for possibility. I'm glad with man, this is impossible. But with God, I said with God, I said with God, all things are possible. Ain't you glad we got a God that opens up doors that man can't open up? Amen. I say there's a power. How about this? The profession. When he got out of the gate, you remember he said at first he thought it was a vision. He thought he was dreaming. 
Talk about a crazy dream, amen? But it's ain't a dream. No. When he gets out of the prison, you know what he realizes? He realizes this, this ain't vision, this ain't a dream. The Lord has sent his angel to get me out of prison. What was going on? There was a church that was praying. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I remember the old saying, a home that prays together is a home that stays together. Y'all heard that? Home that prays together is a home that stays together. I heard I'll say this. In this text, a church that prays together is a church that will stay together. There was the impact of this praying. But I saw this this morning. I want you to hear me. I don't want to get, I don't want to get bogged down. Here. Listen to this. Is it not amazing? I don't really know what this church was praying for. I don't really know. The reason why I say that is this. I don't know if this church was praying for Simon Peter to get out of prison or if they were praying for God to comfort Simon Peter while he was in prison. So I'm going to tell you why I say that. Don't you think that if the church was praying for Peter to get out of jail, they also would have been praying for James? Bless the Lord. Isn't it amazing that James is beheaded? James dies. And Simon Peter is delivered. Why is that, Brother Paul? Why is it that God saw fit to let James die, but he got Simon Peter out of prison? You ready for this? This is real deep. I don't know. Bless the Lord. But you know what I do know? His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are more deeper than my ways. And there's been times that God's not answered my prayers like I thought He ought to answer them. But you know what I found out? God knows what He's doing. And listen, it may seem like some people's prayers may fall on dead ears, but don't listen, listen to me well. God hears every one of His children's cries. And listen, God always answers prayer. It may not always be the way we want Him to answer it. Listen, there may be some James that die in your life. But I want to say, thank God there's also some Simon Peters that it is God's will that He lets live. There's been some loved ones I've prayed for. Yeah. I truly pray for it. You know what happened? I had to go to the cemetery. But there has been some I have prayed for. And it was God's will to heal them. So what do you say? Either way, that's where you've got to trust the sovereignty of God. It may not make sense to our flesh. It may not make sense to our understanding. But we walk not by feelings. We walk by faith and say, God, you know what you're doing. You may not open up that door, but I know you'll open up another door. And you'll make the way. There is no other way. That was the impact of this praying. Yeah. The importance. But I'm so interested. What caught my teachers is, is we see when this church prayed, we see the results of this church praying. Yeah. But I, I was interested in, my goodness, what kind of praying was this church doing? What kind of praying was this church doing? To get to such the impact that they see. I don't know how y'all may think about it, but getting a man up out of prison who's been locked down by a bunch of soldiers, he's in the middle of the prison, he's fixed to be beheaded. This church, listen now, this church prays, and Simon Peter got out of jail. I say to you this morning, you agree with me on this. We know we may not know a lot of people locked up in a physical jail. But we know a lot of people locked up in the spirits. And the devil has got his grip on them. And the devil is wringing their life out. And the devil is destroying them. And the devil wants to drag them to hell. And the devil wants to wreck their life. But oh, hear me, hear me well. Just let this church pray. Up Simon Peter, I want you to hear me. This church needs to be praying for those that are locked down in the spiritual prison. So what kind of prayer did this church do? Well, we'll show you this. I find in verse number five, yeah. I've already mentioned, but I want to mention it again. They said they prayed without ceasing. Right. I see that this church is praying. Listen now. They were continual in their agonizing. Mm-hmm. They prayed without ceasing. Yeah. I looked up that phrase up without ceasing. It means to stretch out. It means to be at full extent. In other words, this is saying that what they're doing is they're not praying something. Laying down to sleep prayer. Bless you, Lord. They're not leading in silent prayer. But these at this church are stretched out. I kind of picture maybe they're laying across the floor. Maybe they're laying across the floor. Well, I don't know what they're doing, but they were stretched. They were agonizing with God in prayer. Amen. You know what I have found about the church, the church of the 21st century that we've lost? 
that the churches our forefathers before us had mm. is they knew how to agonize with God. That's right. They knew how to agonize with God. And I say that word agonize. We, we, know, we, we, we can think about somebody agonizing in pain. They're hurting. Hearing people in the hospital, they're agonizing in pain. My brother, uh, going through the issues he's going through. One thing my sister-in-law said, that what bothers me is he's screaming out in pain and there's nothing I can do. Do you know what it means to agonize in prayer? This is what James 5, verse 16 says. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that, the, that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. You know what that effectual, fervent prayer, you ready for this? It means one that is so involved in their prayers. That effectual it means that it has, it has the idea of sweat coming from the brow. That means you ever heard them say they grabbed hold to the horns of the, al- horns yeah. of the altar and they didn't let go until God heard their prayers. Yeah. When's the last time you seen somebody get on the altar? Go ahead, Paul. And they say, God, I'm not going to move. Until I know you've heard my prayer. Bless the Lord. Some of you can remember loved ones years gone by that they were prayer warriors and they would talk about getting on the mourner's bench. Who all would agree with me? We've lost the mourner's bench in this day and hour. Our altars are dry. Our handkerchiefs have been here for all year long. Bless Nobody's looking on the altars anymore. Nobody's getting on the altars saying, Oh God, oh God, we need you to move. Oh God, we need you to help us. Oh God, we need you to move in our lives. We've lost, listen, we've lost the old me in our prayers. Yeah. You go, you make can remember, Brother Wayne, years ago. You hear them old men of God, they say, Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Listen. Oh God. You said they really ain't saying much. Oh, but you know what the Bible said? Yeah. That there's words which cannot be uttered, but the way God God understands what comes from the heart. Yeah. Listen, there's been times that I didn't know what to pray, yeah. and all I could say was, Oh. place where you didn't know what to pray? Yes. And you said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to pray in this situation. And all you said was, oh God, I don't know what to do. Oh God, I don't know what to do. Bless you know what this Bible said? The Spirit of God with groanings which cannot be understood maketh intercession for us. Amen. You know what He does? He prays for us for things we don't even realize we need. Ain't you glad we serve a God that when we don't know what to pray for, He knows what to pray for? Listen, there's been times I found myself in 2020, I know we're in 21, but I found myself in 2020 saying, God, I don't know what to pray for, but oh, I'm glad the Spirit of God was making intercession for me and was praying for me the things I didn't even know I needed. They were agonizing with God. They were continual in prayer. Luke 11, Luke chapter 11, verse 9 and 10 says this, and I say unto you, ask, and you shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one, listen now, for every one that asketh, there's an ETH in that, asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and, he, and him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Amen. You know why we see that? If it just said ask, that would make reference to just one time. Yeah. But when it's got that ETH at the end of it, it means to ask and keep on asking and keep on asking and keep on asking and keep on asking. Other words, it's praying without ceasing. You just keep on praying and praying and praying. You just keep on asking and asking and asking. You know what? Seeking. You just keep on seeking yeah. and seeking. And you saw yesterday. You're going to seek today. You saw yesterday today. You're going to seek tomorrow. And know what you did yesterday. You knocked. Yeah. But today you're still knocking. And tomorrow you're still knocking. And I got good news. You know what that Bible said? To him that asketh, he shall receive it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I like that word receiving. Tell you what that Amen. means. If we keep on asking, we'll keep on receiving. Amen. If we keep on asking, We'll keep on receiving. You know the reason why some of us ain't receiving? We're not too busy asking. 
We have not because we ask not. They kept on seeking. And you know what they kept on finding? They kept on finding. They kept on knocking. You know what kept on happening? Doors kept on opening. Amen. You know what? There's some things I'm asking God for. You know what God wants me to do? Keep on asking. I've learned this thing about being a parent. I ain't learned much, but I've learned this. My kids don't know how to accept no for an answer. <laughs> Jeremiah is asking me for something right now. And I said, son, I can't get that for you right now. Do you know what I found out? He asked me on Monday. He asked me on Tuesday. He asked me on Wednesday. He asked me on Thursday. He asked me on Friday. And I told him no every single time. And he said, well, what if I do this? What if I do that? I said, son, no means no. You know what he'll do? Okay. A few hours later, well, what if I do this? Bless the Lord. You know what I found in times like that? That little rascal, I think he's smarter than I give him credit for. I think he truly believes if he keeps on asking. Now listen, I may do it out of a, a kind of a have to attitude. But you want to know something? I'll let you on a little secret. God don't do anything because He has to. He wants His children to keep on asking. And you know what? You know what His good pleasure is to give His children a king. And you know what He says? Keep on asking. Let's see. I, let's see how bad you really want it. Man, you know what I find in a lot of our prayers this day and time? We really don't want what we're asking for. Because maybe if we really wanted it, we keep on asking. 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 We keep on seeking. 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 We keep on knocking. 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 Listen now. There's been somebody in here. Don't let them get up in your head now and say, Preacher, I kept on asking. I kept on seeking. I kept on knocking. But the Lord didn't give me what I asked Him for. Hear me, hear me well. He may not always answer in the way you want him to answer. Right. But God always answers. I say this prayer, you know what I find about him? They would continue in their agonizing. A man said this, J. Oswald Sanders said this. He said, the very fact, the very fact that God lays a burden of prayer on your heart over and over again is evidence that he purposes to answer that prayer. Wow. You ever had a burden get a hold of you that you just couldn't shake off? Yeah. And when you lay on your pillow at night, their face would be in front of you, and you couldn't get them off your mind? Some of you done lost your burden. Bless the Lord. I don't know why the Lord's had me say this. There used to be a generation. They knew what it was like to push the play away from the table. Push themselves away from the table. Churches don't get answered because church ain't in unity. They were corporate, the meeting of the church. Verse 12, where many were gathered together praying. Y'all doing all right out there this morning? Go ahead, brother. 
The church was gathered together praying. Corporate prayer. Matthew 18 19. Again, I say unto you that the two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Amen. When's the last time that you got with somebody else and you agreed together in prayer that you were going to pray together over a situation? Go ahead, brother. You know what I miss? One thing that COVID has taken away from our church. Yeah. I'm waiting for the day for us to be able to get back together. Is when we line up around these walls and we hold hands together and we agree together in prayer that we're going to corporately pray. I understand we can still do that and not hold each other. But y'all understand what I'm saying this morning? The, the, the outward appearance of what we're coming from our heart as we agree together. I understand we've still been doing that. And the Lord hears that just as well because He understands where we're at. He understands what we're going through. But the meaning of that is is that the church comes together and prays together. Amen. No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. We have many organizers, but very few agonizers. Many players and payers, but few prayers. Many singers, few clingers. A lot of pastors, few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. Much fashion, little passion. Many interferers, few intercessors. Many riders, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. Right. You want to know what the church of the 21st century has gotten more interested in? Bless the Lord. Well, Josh, they've gotten more interested in the prayer and the air conditioning yeah. of the church. Yeah. They may have the prayer conditioning of the church. Bless you all. If the average church would just be just as much, just a little bit as interesting as they are with the temperature of the room, as they are about the temperature of their prayers, we might see a little few more prayers get answered. Bless you, Lord. If we get more interested in the eternal things yeah. than we are in the earthly things, yeah. we might see a few more prayers get answered. You say, Preacher, I agree with them. I don't want to see God answer that prayer. But do you truly pray with them? Yeah. If we've got such a selfish attitude. We want the church to pray for us. But we don't want to pray anybody else for us. We want them to help pray our children out of hell. But we don't want to help pray their children out of hell. We want to help pray their loved ones out of sickness. But we don't want to help them pray our loved ones. We want them to help us, but we don't want to help them. We're very selfish in our prayer. You know what when I believe in prayer, intercessory prayer? It's when you pray for somebody else besides yourself. You ought to go home this week, find you sometime in the day to get along with God. Listen, listen, pray and ask God. Go through a whole prayer and not ask God for anything for yourself, but just for somebody else. Listen, Lord. We come like a little kid on Christmas before Jesus. We got this long list. Lord, I need you to do this. 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 I need you to do this. This, 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 this. All right, I'll see you later. God's just like, I just want to spend some time with you. Yeah. What about caring one for another? Yeah. What about what James 5 says, praying one for yeah. another? Right. When's the last time you prayed for somebody else besides yourself and actually mean it? That you pray for them in such a way that you even pray for yourself. Listen. You know the reason why I believe a lot of churches don't have prayer in the pews? Because there's no prayer to put there. Amen. That's it, Paul. Now I found there's been times that God has allowed me to give prayer requests to the church. And there's been some burdens that God allowed me to keep myself. Yeah. There's been times in my life come together in prayer. But it was just me and her, but we agreed together. And God heard the answer our prayer. Husbands, does your wife know what it's like to be praying with them? We're so fat and happy in this generation that we don't even pray over our food before we eat it anymore. Bless. We're so ready to eat, so we have time to pray. Right. Never forget one time we was at the we were eating at a restaurant. God, this morning, we're going to do it. Bless the Lord. We were at a restaurant eating, and we prayed before we ate, and a lady leaned over to us and she said, tears in her eyes. 
few years ago. She looked at us and she said, I don't see the family praying together. She said, yeah, my heart is to see y'all praying together. Yeah. I don't know what nomination she was. I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't ask her. It didn't matter. People are watching us. And I don't want my kids to only know the time they're getting praised is when there's a tragedy in our home. Has your children ever called you for you? Has your children ever had a friend over and they said, we can't bother mom right now because she's in that secret time of prayer? Or have they always said, don't go in there, mom ain't awake yet. If you wake mom up, she's going to be mad. They sit in the corner and my mom's praying. I can remember not my friend Jacob over the house when I was younger. And I can remember Brother Josh. He was saying, what's wrong with your mom? He said, I walked to the bathroom. And it seemed like she's crying. And I looked at my clock and I said, she's in the closet praying. She'll be out for a while. Bless you. You know what that woman did? That woman prayed me out of harm's way. That's right. yes, I believe the reason why I'm here today is because that woman prayed me out of harm's way. I know God, but God used her to carry a burden. I prayed for my They were corporate. They were continual without ceasing. They were confident in their king. That's right. You just, I, I, I know I've been on this. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Matthew 21, 22. And all things whatsoever he asks, ask him prayer. Believing shall receive. 1 John 5, 14, verse through 15. And this is the confidence. This is the key one right here. Don't you don't hear any other ones. Hear this one right here. And this is the confidence that we ask in Him. That if we ask anything according, according to His will, Bless. He hears us. Bless. And we know that He hears us. Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have a petition that we desire of Him. Confident in your prayer. Man said by his boy, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. We've got to be confident in our intent. How about this? They were certain in their asking. Luke 11, verse 11 through 13. The son shall ask bread. If any of you that his father will, will his father give him a stone? Or be asking a fish, will his father give him a serpent? Or be asking an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then be evil, don't have to give good gifts on your children. How much more shall the heavenly father give the spirit to them that ask us? You know, I'm close with this. You know one thing I found about Jeremiah's Joshua's getting there. Joshua's learning from his old brother. Julius following right in the seat. Do you know what I found? Bless. About when John, Jeremiah asked me for something. First of all, he's going to keep on asking. Yeah. He's certain when he asks. What do you mean by that? He's just going to ask us for anything. Yeah. He's going to let me know what he wants. He's on the Lego set right now. A Jurassic Park Lego set. Listen. That boy has asked me, he said, Kyle, look at it on your phone. Can you show it to me on your phone? I pulled up on his phone. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Something about two hundred dollars. I'm skinny by him. Let's get down here to where we get to where where it's in our budget, amen? Listen. And all the parents said amen. Yeah. And I showed this morning. No, I don't like that one. Children, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. Ooh, ooh, I like that one. No, I'm going to have to get all of it. Bless you. Now, wait a minute. He'll say this, Daddy. I want this toy. I want this cover. And I want this particular one. He's in this Jurassic Park. Uh, a guy, he'll name like uh, T-Rex. They got these long names you can't even pronounce he can just like he'll tell me this one's a this and this one's a this. This is a Eurasiaurus. This is a Geographicaurus. I'm like, how the word can you pronounce it? You can't even spell the word gift, but you can spell the word. I think they're smarter than they let us on. Amen. All the teachers said, Amen. All the parents said, Amen. I had to help the kids with the word. He'll say, I want this one. I want this size. I want, but then I want this one. And I want this one. And I'm like, okay, I, 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 I want this one. And I want this size. 
and I went this way, and I went like this, and I went like that. And I get one of those things wrong. Daddy, it wasn't what I asked for. So I got I got 32 out of 33, right? And he's gonna remember that one, isn't he? You know with me? Yes, you are. Now me being earthly, know how to give good gifts unto my children, or me being evil, me being evil, me being me being earthly minded, me being earthly unable, me being having to buy this wicked flesh. Know how to give good gifts unto my children. How much more to our heavenly Father? That's a good Father. That's a gracious Father. That does not have to battle sin. He's righteous. He's holy. To give good gifts unto his children. That acts it. No matter how them, there's been time for the Lord Jesus. And I answer my prayer the way I want to. He's always answered it better. There's been times he's answered my prayer the way I asked him. I'm asking him, if I told y'all some things, I'm asking God to be around this place, put something else in mind. Bless the Lord. Brother Wayne Cuss, you know what God does to a preacher? He gives him a vision for a church that's like 10 years ahead of where that church is actually at. Every right, right. 10 years, he's got to be patient until God brings that vision past. That's right. Amen. Y'all right here in this day and time, I'm out here thinking five, ten years down the road. Bless, Bless the Lord. Walk through the door as God opens the bus. That's it, Father. You know what I want to be guilty of? Praying about something. Amen. I wonder if we would pray as much as we complain about praying about something. Maybe God seemed coming to get our prayers back. Yeah. Wonder how many prayers have been actually been prayed for 2020 that we're not praying in 2019. Yeah. This church has prayed for things in 2020 and 2021 we didn't pray in years gone by. Sure. Yeah. Lord, is anybody have service? Lord, is anybody going to be there? Are we going to do this? We're going to do that? We're going to do this? We're going to do that? Are we going to do this? How can we do this? How can we do that? Go ahead, Paul. One thing I want to give you is pray. Now. The Jesuit Q-Way brother is coming around. I want to be guilty of rejoicing evermore. I want to be guilty of praying. Without sensing. Everybody's standing. He's coming this morning. He's getting ready to play, saying whatever he feels led to do. Wonder this morning, maybe you want to step out in the altar, come back here to the altar and pray. Maybe while I was preaching about that burden, somebody forgot, somebody on my mind.